Welcome to Gratitude, the grad school guide for student physical therapists. I'm Gabby. And I'm Sarah. And we are two physical therapy students on our journey to get that DPT debt free. And our vision for you is to get through PT school on your first try without any debt. Join us as we navigate through the insanity of physical therapy school together. Welcome to another episode of Gratitude, everyone. And for today, we wanted to talk about the differences between clinical rotation settings. So a lot of you have asked, like, you know, if you have inserted clinicals, how inpatient is, how outpatient is. If you didn't do observations in inpatient when you were applying to PT school, we'll go over that today and kind of the different settings that we've had experience in. So Sarah, how was uh, your week? Oh, yes. So we can just talk about it like this because we are in different rotations. So my rotation right now is inpatient. I'm in acute post-stroke floor mainly. I kind of, I've been floating around a little bit, seeing some like brain injury, uh, some on the brain injury unit, some on like the medical surgical unit, and some on the ortho, but I'm mainly in the post-stroke acute care. So... Yeah, my week was pretty much the same as last week in terms of care for the patients. So I'm there 40-ish hours a week, and I see about five patients a day. My CI sees two of them normally, and then I see the other three, maybe four, depending on the day, because they are longer sessions. They're like an hour to 90 minutes each. Okay, got it. Oh, Jackie, so good to see you, Team Live. She's in acute care now. Oh, comment below. So if you have experience in acute care, because I know there's different subspecialties. So Jackie, we would love to hear your experience as well. So yeah, Gabby, what you your week in outpatient? Yeah, so I just finished week two of outpatient, and it's going really well. My CI and I set weekly goals, and I highly recommend that. It's actually really great, especially if you are in any setting, but just to, you know, be clear of, like, what your expectations are, what your CIs are for the week, and this week, my goal, I got to know all the patients, but I was taking more people through their plans of care, so this week, I think I took four patients and then next week it'll be like six patients by myself and that also includes like going through evals supervised because it's still it's still a process to go through evals you know making sure I hit everything but yeah so it's it's been good look the evaluation can we just talk about this for a second did you do an eval on your first day if you guys are on live or replay put below and Gabby did you have an eval Maybe not in your first day, but in your first week, or what was the timeline of like how they progressed you in this current rotation? Yeah, so for this current rotation, my progression is doing the subjective independently. So I think towards the end of my first week into my the beginning of this past week, I was doing subjective and independently. And so I've done that. Now I'm getting into objective, supervised. And uh, I did start that same timeline, like end of last week into this week. Um, so I have another eval Monday. Yeah, Monday. So I'll be going through the objective. So still having some assistance, but getting to where, you know, certain like, you know, I don't know, lumbar. I've done a lot of evals for lumbar. I haven't done a ton for SI, which, you know, they're very similar, but it all it all connects. So, 
yeah, I've kind of been in that like transition stepwise, subjective, objective, and then, you know, doing the treatment part of it. Okay. See, that's kind of nice. I don't know if your school recommends that or do you, was that your clinical instructor who wanted to do it that way or is it you that wanted to do that way or how did you get it to be set up that way? Because Jackie's like, yes, I had an email in my first week and I know many students kind of feel like thrown into it because they just kind of do everything in the beginning. Yeah. So we definitely talked about it and she said, what do you feel comfortable with now? A lot of it had to do with what now I was in a unique situation. So I was with the same company for my previous clinical to now. And so what I had learned and kind of when I stopped, it was a continuation of that. And so, you know, subjective comes pretty quickly to me, like I can do that. But we talked about it and we both just felt comfortable if I was able to do like a, you know, doing subjective, independently objective, and then putting it all together. So yeah, it's just the communication. Um, And my CI felt more comfortable with that too. Okay, so that's kind of like you and your CI kind of planning together. I like that because yeah. I know from my first rotation, when I, so many of you don't know this, I went and lived with Gabby for two weeks to go to a clinical rotation. Super short, two-week outpatient was my first rotation. And I remember walking in and trying to explain to my CI, like, I haven't had any of these classes yet. Like, I haven't had any MSK. I really don't know a whole lot. And there was no way I was going to do an eval because, for me, I was just not ready at all because I had had anatomy, one and two, neuro, one and two, and then, like, a PT assessments and procedures. For and that's the it. <laughs> And like evidence-based practice or healthcare systems or something like that. But yeah, every school is set up differently. I'd love to hear how your guys' is set up for those of you on live or replay because it's so interesting to me. Everybody's mm-hmm. so different. Yeah, everybody's so different. And especially, like we said, in different settings because, Jackie, I don't know about you, like, but for acute care, it's a little different. Because I know in acute care, you know, the evals are shorter. They try and really condense them to like 10 minutes or less. And I know different people have different experiences. That was my kind of experience on acute care is everything was very quick and we didn't waste any time. So it's it's definitely different in each setting, just depending on where you are. And I do want to differentiate, I guess there is acute care, which is like, what Gabby and Jackie did and they're talking about and where it's really short evaluations because you often don't see the patients for very long. Like they're not at the acute care place for many days. And then after that is post-acute and we are about to hit a whole bunch of rain. So this gets a little bit, (laughs) a little bit loud, let me know. But I'm technically in post-acute huge so it's like it's just an inpatient rehab facility so it's different so that's why it's so long for the evaluation we have the six it's usually a 60 minute evaluation and then a half hour treatment after that so that's been really interesting to see the difference between outpatient evals and inpatient evals and for me half the time I can't even do a manual muscle test not that I really Mm -hmm. like doing it anyway even an outpatient but they want us to try to do it what about you for manual muscle testing yeah so we're doing um manual muscle testing and it's not it's more of a my ci and i were talking about it it's more of like a subjective because you're the one doing it and you're the one saying like what grade it is 
So not not great, but just getting it objective wise because once you can see functionally what they can do, so if they like walk or do a step step up or something, they're at least a three. So just like trying to quantify it, we don't have a dynamometer, so we just you know base it off of subjective and yeah, manual muscle testing is is interesting. <laughs> yeah, okay, especially when. Oh, go ahead. Um, our evals are super quick. Had a short rotation in acute care during my first year, but I started with subjective during the beginning of the first week, then full evals toward the end. Yeah. That's the way to do it. Full evals towards the end. Um, and what I was saying is for manual muscle testing, for inpatient at least, a lot of the patients simply can't move. And if they can't do that range of motion, you're not going to have them resist against it. Or if they don't understand mm-hmm. because they are you know, had a stroke and now they can't understand what you're trying to ask them to do, then it's like what Gabby said, if they can step or if they can, you know, move against gravity, they're at least a three. So it's, it's kind of (laughs) different. It's not like practicing on your classmates, right? Oh, no, it's very different. Even if you're like, especially when you have a real patient in front of you, it's, it's very different. Um, but Sarah, one question I had, do you have PTAs at your inpatient hospital? And if you do, like, do you usually, um, you know, see them and then have the PTA help with the treatment or how does that, um, work? Yeah. So we have a lot of therapists. I'll just say that there's three gyms in the hospital and I mainly stay in one of them. So there's like the North gym, the main gym, the West gym. I normally stay in the West Gym, and so um, there's probably three PTAs, maybe two PTAs in the West Gym, depending on the day, and uh, there's always a lot of OTs and a lot of PTs, and then the CODAs as well, and so you have the PTAs actually kind of alternating, so like, a PT, so like I would see a patient one day, or my CI would see a patient one day, and the next day the PTA would see them. And then we would see them, and then a PTA would see them. But it depends because, of course, on my rotation, my CI is trying to give me patients. So mm-hmm. it's trying to have me see the same patient every day through the progression of their treatment up till they have family training and they get discharged. So it's a little different in that case. But if I wasn't there, then we'd be more alternating. Okay. Yeah, because I was going to say that's really important too, like, the PT PTA relationship, especially if you're a student and you've never, I don't want to say worked with a PTA because a lot of you probably worked with the PTA, but if you've never, you know, had to say like, Hey, you did the eval and this is their treatment plan. And so that's important too. I know it's on our CPI, the, whatever the acronym is, but yeah, I was wondering because my clinic doesn't have PTAs and we have a, a PT tech. And so that would be, you know, who I would say like, Hey, can you set this patient up on X exercise or go, you know, can you please clean all the equipment? So things like that. Cause you still need to have that communication skills with other, you know, disciplines as well. Yeah. And it's just a collaboration. I don't mm-hmm. think of the PTAs differently than I do the PTs. Of course, yeah. I know the different things that they can do. The PTA is not going to do the evaluation. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to do the evaluation and then kind of, get some guide the plan of care and then talk to the PTA and ask like, okay, what are you seeing? This is what I'm seeing. What did you see yesterday? How can we, you know, best move them forward for when I see them and then you see them again? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's really good. And I'm glad we 
Glad we brought that up. We would love to know all of your experiences on clinical rotations, whether you've gone through them or not. Let me rephrase that. If you have gone through clinical rotations, you've graduated PT school, you're a PT, or if you're still in school, you haven't gone through yet, or you're in one just like Jackie is right now, we would love to hear your experiences, your questions. I know we've talked about clinicals in previous episodes, but this is just our experience right now. And we wanted to differentiate the different settings because the settings that Sarah and I are in are different. Um, Sarah, I didn't want our live to get cut off. So I just wanted to make sure we got everything in. Yeah, I know. This is a weird one, guys. Sorry. We're in the cars today, different cars, different places. But we got to come on here still. And I have one more question. I hope it doesn't get cut off. But Gabby, what is a day in the life? I have two questions, actually. I like, what is a day in the life of outpatient? How many patients are you seeing in a day? And just like, you know, what is it like for you? And then second, how would you recommend someone prepare for their outpatient clinical? Oh, good question. So first one, a day in the life. So right now, this is the end of my second week, beginning of third week. And like I said, my CI and I have made goals. So able to see up to four patients next week it's going to be up to six but we usually see anywhere from like 10 to i don't know 18 patients a day it really depends because we have different schedules scheduled hours and then prep for your clinical rotation honestly figure out what in school you were not you know not your strength so if like performing lumbar evals was not your strength like tell your ci that and or if you haven't seen post-op patients, like tell your CI. So you have more of those experiences. But I would just say like absorb as much as you can, figure out what cases you are seeing, and then dive into some research of like treatments, what's the best practice guidelines. And honestly, just have fun with it. Like it's, it's great to be with patients and to interact with them. So definitely enjoy the experience in outpatient because you get to see a lot of, a lot of variety. MSK and neuro in some cases. Yeah. Okay. That's awesome. a good, good presentation. Yes. So Sarah, what I was going to say, I have my time limit on my apps and it said earlier, you have five minutes remaining. So I didn't know if it was going to cut us off or if it was just going to roll with it. <laughs> it's like you've been on Facebook for too long and it's time to get off. If you guys have not already, this is a side note. If you've not already set limits for your social media apps, you should do that on your phone. It will not shut it off, but it will tell you you went over. Okay, good. I didn't want to shut it off, but real quick, Sarah, same question back to you. Okay, everyone. So like we said, I have app limits on my phone, and so I just needed to click ignore for today. But we are back on, and we will answer the last question of our episode. So let's get Sarah on. There we go. Okay, last question. I forget where I ended with that, but basically I see like five to six patients today in inpatient rehab right now. I get a nice half hour lunch. I'm documenting. I got, I actually have a whole hour in the morning. Most people have half an hour, but I have a whole hour where I can look at the patient charts and kind of plan out the treatments for the day and work on my in-service projects, stuff like that. And then we have treatments from nine to noon, a little half hour lunch, more documenting. And then we have more patients like one to about 4 p.m. depending on the day. And then we have a half hour to document again. So that's pretty much a day in the life. It's a lot of like more lifting than I am prepared for. I definitely need to lift more weights for those of you who are like, should I be lifting to prepare for inpatient? 
probably just to be strong and to you should be doing that anyway but I feel like I definitely should have been doing that more and also looking at more neuro stuff especially like different types of aphasias and stuff like that and how to treat them and a little bit into the neuromotor development or neurodevelopmental side of things you know what I'm talking about the NDT yeah that's basically what we have is NDT approach to treating post-stroke so I definitely should have prepared more for that yeah and and that's good just to honestly get advice um so for anyone who hasn't started yet reach out to students you know or students in your program and say like hey how would you best prepare for an inpatient rotation or an acute now you may not be in the same you know sub specialty but still it's like good to to have that already and to be prepared as much as possible yeah because let me tell you as gabby i'm sure you may know getting someone into a quadruped position when they can't move all four extremities it's a lot of work and yeah. my CI is not a big person. She's like five, two and probably 130 pounds. And then there's me. I'm not really big either, but it's hard. It's a lot of work. I was sweating the other day, but it's so rewarding. And I'm very grateful to be in a clinic where I don't feel like overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I know many patients or many students right now might be in that spot. And uh, if you are, Go talk to somebody about it. Go talk to your CI. Go talk to your clinic director, whoever it is. Yeah, because that's really important, especially if it's getting into your terminal experiences and you're graduating next year. Like that's that's something to definitely bring up. And we talk about every we try your best to do it every Tuesday. But there's a group, the DPT clinical support group, where we go live with Santi. He is amazing. And he's pretty much another extended CI, but we go through cases and it's just really helpful to get that information, kind of, you know, pick off each other's brains and, and just get more insight. So, And that's the big question or the big uh, answer to the question was the difference between outpatient and inpatient. And Santi actually changed the name of the group to like specialized clinical something. I have to look at it, but yes, we'll hop on over there. We will put the links down below if you guys are listening to this on Sunday. Not sure why you didn't hop on live. It's a Student Physical Therapist Facebook group, Student Physical Therapist Network Facebook group. And that's where we're at weekly for our weekly episodes. Yes. And we are really excited um, to give you more updates into our clinicals. And we hope you all have a great weekend and have a great Saturday or Sunday. Saturday, Sunday. Bye, guys. Have a good night. Thanks for listening to Gratitude, the grad school guide for student physical therapists. If you like our show and want to know more, check out our Instagram and Facebook page linked in the description. Looking for a gift for a friend, classmate, professor, co-host of a podcast, or really anyone? Physio Memes got your back with apparel, drinkware, and home decor. And if you go to physiomemes.com, you can get a 20% off coupon with the code gratitude, spelled G-R-A-D-I-T-U-D-E-2020. And don't forget to check out his social media for a good study break laugh. As always, make life humorous.